Yes, 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 yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks. Join with my guy. He's finally back. AK, how we doing tonight? Jordan, doing great, man. Uh, glad to be back and excited to break down some bull action with you. Yes, sir. Before we get started, we are being brought to you by Sharps app. Make sure to download to your mobile device. S-H-A-R-P-Z, use promo code George 517 It's free to download, free to use, track your bets, become a better, better. It's that easy. Um, but yeah, man, we are here to talk some college football, bowl season. It's been a minute since we uh, since we talked some college football. It was a wild, wild year, AK. It was my worst college football betting year in probably fucking six or seven years, man. I'm not going to lie. You know- yeah, Jordan. I mean, I started off uh, struggling some too. You know, kind of caught a little bit of a, a little bit of a heater there for a while, but it was kind of just a. Uh, I think I finished at fifty two percent. I tweeted out the other day. So, um, you know, unfortunately, when you win at fifty two percent, juice accounted for. You're not really winning. So, yeah. um, you know, I'd love to have been in that fifty six, fifty eight percent range, and I think I would have you know, chalked it up as a W because it kind of was a tough college football season. It was some things, just uh, normal games that uh, the ball bounces your way didn't seem to bounce our way sometimes. So that's yeah. life, though, man, and, and we keep uh, keep pushing forward. And, um, you know, I had a good start to college basketball season, had a great last two weeks, and um, have kind of been picking my spots uh, after struggling a little bit over the weekend, kind of came back down to earth a little bit. But uh, I'll be ready to jump in soon and keep it going. Hell yeah. Yeah, for college football, you know, I, this year I started off good, and then kind of as the market adjusted, I didn't adjust. And so I kind of, like, fell off. But, you know, I was, like, looking back and going through some of my bets and, and kind of, like, my strategy and stuff. And I I think this year, you know, I was too affected by, by the market. You know what I mean? Like, if a market moved one way, I was kind of like it would scare me off. And, like, I didn't trust my handicaps and my numbers as much as I probably should have. And so, like, that, something, that's something going forward. But, you know, you and I, we're, we're pretty similar in the fact, you know, like we even talked about it during the preview show. Like, we were looking at spots, like look-ahead spots for teams. And, like, this year it seemed like those, those teams, like, uh, they were more prepared than normal. It's almost like they know what the line is, dude. <laughs> like, these teams... <laughs> And they, they are going out and playing, like, to cover the number. Um, and I'm talking, like, favorites, you know, on look-ahead spots. Like, if, you know, Texas, for example, they played, I think it was, um, who did they play before Oklahoma? They played, uh, god damn, who was it? Baylor, I think it was. And they creamed Baylor. That's you know, right, yeah. That's normally a spot you want to jump in on and take the dog because, you know, you normally Texas would be looking ahead. This, uh, this year, it wasn't so much like that, though, uh. Very, very well, strange year. Yeah, Jordan, I think where we found some really good success this year, 
Um, you know, we had an up and down baseball season, but, you know, through the good strides, I think a lot of it was betting spots, um, you know, which is a real thing. But it felt like just if you're just a spot better, which I would double down on that and say you have to put a lot more things into your handicap except for just betting spots. But if you're just betting spots, man, it was not the year to be betting college football. Yep. 100% agree. It was a, a very wild year. Um, but, you know, we learn and we move forward. And I think, you know, bowl season, I do think is a good opportunity where you can like find edges because, you know, there's guys entering the portal, uh, injuries, guys declaring for the NFL draft and not playing. So I do think that it's a good opportunity to like really, you know, make some of back some of that money we may have lost earlier in the year. So we're going to go through these bowl games. Obviously, some of them we aren't going to have a ton of conviction or opinions on, so we'll kind of just like give our quick thoughts and we'll move through. Um, we have a handful of bull games starting this weekend, AK. The first one's the Myrtle Beach Bull. Um, this is going to be down in South Carolina. Uh, this is Saturday. This starts at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. my time. This is we got Georgia Southern, the Eagles facing the Ohio Bobcats. And, and talking about guys entering the portal, Ohio has a ton of guys out. Ton of guys, including their starting quarterback, who yep. uh you know, I was I, I kinda like Curtis Rourke. Uh, real quick though, Jordan, I'll add to kind of uh finish the recap of college football season is I actually I've got to give a shout out to our good buddy CT. He's a good buddy of ours, good buddy of the show. You know, I, I kind of followed his lead on a few things this year that I kind of started doing it in the baseball season where we where me and you both found success was just taking it for face value, right? I just like the first the first thing that pops in my head is the Florida State game, right? You know, a lot of people got Louisville. The thing got bet. If you if you followed the market on that game, you were just trying to you know shred up your Florida State ticket and throw it in the trash and you know drink a couple of beers and go to sleep. But you take it for face value. Yeah, they were they were down to their third string quarterback, right? Uh, a really unknown kid that I didn't really know a lot about, but you take it for face value. They have five star recruits on the offensive line. They had a great defensive line. Um, and just, just when you put the X's and O's up against the Louisville team, they were just a better team with the third hell with me or you at quarterback. Right. So I, I, I've kind of, I'm kind of taking that into account with some of these bowl games too, especially when you're seeing like quarterbacks out, things like that. You know, how does the team match up? Right. Not just one player, not just two players, Obviously, that plays a part into it, but for some of these games, and when we break down, we'll be talking. I'm just taking it for face value. Well, I mean, you talk about ball bouncing your way and, and against you. I mean, you take away one 77-yard play in that Florida State game, and Louisville probably wins the game. So, I mean, that was the biggest – that was a, the one difference in that game. And, and you're right. Like, obviously, Florida State's a much better team, and I think that's that, that, was, that much was very clear. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, and you're right. Like – Obviously, you got to look at the whole team, and I think that's where, like, you know, encompassing like the whole roster and the numbers. But obviously, the quarterback's the most important part. And teams like Ohio, you know, you take a guy like Rourke out of there, their backup's definitely nowhere near the same caliber. Um, so let's let's talk about this game real quick. So we have uh, Ohio against Georgia Southern right now. Ohio is a three and a half point dogs. They opened as two and a half point favorites. Obviously, Rourke has a huge, huge uh, part of that movement. Do you have any thoughts on on this bowl here? You know, Jordan, I didn't play anything on this bowl. Um, but just just going off of what you said, their trigger man's down. They're starting running backs out. Um, they lost their best receiver during the season um, to injury. Take out Miles Cross, now who's sitting in the transfer portal, which I don't think he's announced where he's going yet, but he's going to be a good get for whoever gets him. Yep. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I'm not going to play this uh, play this game. And, and I mean, excuse me, I haven't played this game. Probably won't play this game. I don't have a lot of opinion on it. But if I was forced to play it, it would be Georgia Southern or pass for me. Hundred percent agree. Uh, I feel exact same sentiments. I just this is only Georgia Southern and and lane three and a half with Georgia Southern isn't something that like really uh, piques my interest at all. So it's. Uh, I, I will say though, as as I've done some reading about this ball game, um, their Ohio's backup quarterback won the ball game for him last year, so yep. he's got a little experience. A little hey, I've been there, done that. Um, but like I said, Georgia Southern, uh, besides their leading rusher, basically playing their full team, I, I would not be looking to play against them in this game. Yep, 100% agree. Uh, let's move over to the New Orleans Bowl, also on Saturdays at 2.15 p.m. Eastern. We have the Jacksonville State Gamecocks going against the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Um, pretty much both teams have pretty much everybody um, playing this game. What do you think about this one? Uh, I think the line right now, uh, Lafayette, three-point dogs. And I think that was right. I know the game opened around a pick em. You know, maybe Jacksonville minus one. I saw out there when when the bowl game started getting released originally. But, uh, you know, here we go again. We talk about markets and, and things scaring us off. The fact that it opened at a pick, man, I was very, very surprised about because I thought Jacksonville would open, you know, kind of where they're at now, three, three and a half, maybe even see it through three and a half to four. Um, but once again, I I think this Jacksonville State team's been a little underrated the whole season. Coming into the season, we didn't really know with Rich Rod and what they were going to be. Hell, Jordan, we're talking about a team that their uh, season win total was set at four and a half yep. before the season started. Uh, shout out to our good buddy of the show, my buddy Keith Landry down in the bayou. That was like his best bet of college football season coming into the season was Jacksonville State over four and a half wins. And so shout out to him for uh, kind of pitching that. Uh, but I think once again, Jacksonville State's underrated here some, you know, I, and and so it would uh, if I was looking to play this, which I haven't. Um, but as I'm sitting here saying, I'm kind of talking myself into Jacksonville State. So it'd be Jacksonville State or nothing for me, Jordan. How about you? Yeah, it's an interesting game. I mean, both teams are good at rushing. Um you know, Jacksonville State, 57th in PPA per rush. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, 36th in PPA per rush. The difference is, is Jacksonville State was actually good against the rush defensively, and Louisiana Lafayette, not so much. They're 95th in PPA, 121st in success rate. So I think that might actually be the difference. I think this game's actually going to be closer than most anticipate. I would lean the dog here, plus the three, uh, but no play for me. I think I think it's going to be a close game. These, both these teams are pretty stylistically the same. So that's yep. gonna, it's going to be an interesting game uh, as far as like the matchup. Um, I do think Jacksonville State's obviously the better team, but I think playing in Louisiana, uh, I think that does give the Raging Cajuns a little slightly of an edge because it's like semi neutral. Um, so I would I would lean the dog here, but again, no play, no play for me. Don't like this game. Um, let's move over to the next game. We have Miami Ohio versus App State in the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. God, I love these bull names, man. <laughs> uh, currently, App State is uh, six and a half point favorites. Big reason why. Obviously, Gabbert's out. And then the backup quarterback, Avion Smith, who wasn't very good anyways, he's also entered the transfer portal. Um, Miami, Ohio does have a great defense, though. App State also lost uh, Donovan Spillman, Nate Noel, uh, wide receiver Deshaun Davis, who had 337 snaps, and then also another wide receiver, Milan Tucker. 
What's your thoughts on uh, this one here? You know, Jordan, I, I really have been trying to talk myself into playing Miami of Ohio, actually. Uh, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, actually, I would say there's two key components to this cap, and that would be, one, Miami's Ohio's defense is probably one of the most underrated defenses in the country yeah. um, that no one knows about. Um, you know, me and you follow the MAC pretty pretty closely, I would say. Yep. Um, cash tickets there pretty much all year except for – the debauchery that Toledo did to us uh, in the MAC championship game for the second year in a row. They broke my heart and my wallet two years in a row. Um, I wish I knew more about Henry Hessen, just because, as I was saying earlier, it's not all about the trigger man. But as you said, the trigger man plays a part into it, man. But their defense is very good. And App State's best player that no one in the country knows about, Nate Noel, um, you know, he's out for the game as well. So if you're not going to be able to run on that Miami-Ohio defense, it's probably going to be a low-scoring game. I'm not a total guy at all. Um, but I, I would actually be looking to maybe maybe hit the under here as well. It's funny you say that because I was going to say, if there's a play on the take here, it's the under. Yep. It's 100% the under. You don't know what you're getting from Miami offensively. And like like we were talking about earlier, like Avion Smith, even when he was in there, like they could barely move the ball anyways. They, they he- relied heavily on their defense. Yep. Um, I do think that they could find success rushing the ball against App State, though. App State's rush defense, not very good. Um, and that's obviously the only thing that Miami, and they're not even that good at it, but that's kind of what they do. Um, so, yeah, but I, I like the under. I mean, Miami's defense is, like, one of the best defenses against explosive plays. Like, they just do not allow big plays. And on the on the flip side, App State doesn't really create big plays. You know what I mean? So, I do think uh, I definitely lean Miami though, as far as the side. But I actually, I actually like the under forty four and a half. I don't think it's. I think it should be less than that. I think it should be around like thirty nine and a half, forty. Yeah, I mean that game either way feels like it could be a, a twenty four to, you know, fourteen game or something. A twenty four to seventeen game, right? Yep. I think six and a half is way too many points too. Yeah, yeah, I like I, I I I've I've leaned Miami with the points. Um, like I said, I wish I just knew a little bit more about the trigger man. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, that's not all that matters, you know, in these bowl games at all. Um, but uh, you know, you want to know a little bit about them. Um, yeah. But like I said, I'm not a totals guy, but I'd definitely be looking to play the under if I was, uh, you know, forced to play a hand here. Agreed. All right, let's move on to the next game. This is actually a game that I do like. Um, this mm-hmm. is New Mexico State versus Fresno in the. It's Leta New Mexico Bowl. Um, currently, Fresno State three and a half point dogs. Uh, so we've we've seen money come in on New Mexico State. There's fours out there as well. So um, you know, New Mexico does seem to be the market does seem to be liking New Mexico here, New Mexico State. And I, I like New Mexico State in this game as well. <clears throat> I think New Mexico State has a lot to play for. Obviously, Jeff Tedford isn't going to be coaching for Fresno State. Fresno State really stumbled down the stretch, AK. You know, we watched it several <laughs> times. Um, and you know what? Fresno State really reminds me a lot of Western Kentucky. And New Mexico State beat Western Kentucky by nine points. They're very similar style, stylistically. Um, New Mexico State, great at running the ball. Seventh in PPA in the country this year. Um, and Fresno State, they're decent against the run. But, man, I just think the motivation factor, I think New Mexico State's going to be way more motivated here than Fresno State. I think that's the biggest you- thing. You remember what New Mexico State did last year for the first time and since me and you were alive, basically? Yeah, they won a bowl game. They won a bowl game, right? Yep. And uh and and we were all New Mexico State in that bowl game, if you remember. Yep. Um 
And so the way I look at it, man, so first things first, this is my first play. Uh, I did play this. Um, got some good information from our buddy CT and also our good friend who's been on the show, AC Money. Um, looks like Pavia is going to go. There was some doubt about him playing. Um, uh, and I know it's still, like, not confirmed, but from what we've understood, he's playing. Yep. Um, uh, we know Jeff Tedford stepped away. So I actually, Jordan, have this. I have this at minus two. I have minus two and a half. And I have some minus three on this game. So, uh, obviously, I didn't bet it when it went through three anymore. But uh, got a pretty decent amount on minus two, minus two and a half, minus three. Um, I'm very confident, man. I think New Mexico State, as you said, the motivation factor. Me and you probably know Fresno State better than most people in the country. Um, And I would say I probably know Fresno State better than any guy on the East Coast because I stayed up late with you guys watching it every Saturday night, usually betting them. You know, I rode Fresno State a lot early in the season. They were printing me money. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they faltered some down the year. And and what did they do against New Mexico? Not New Mexico State, New Mexico. They got the freaking ball ran down their throat. Yep. Um, and I and, and and I think New Mexico State comes out with Diego Pavia. That that kid's a Man, gamer, he is dude. a beast. Uh, yeah, I, I would hate to be a, a safety trying to tackle him because he lowers his shoulder and he just runs pissed off. Yep. Um, and so uh, I would hate to have to stop that team. Um, you know, they they kind of really stuck around there with Liberty. If, if he didn't get hurt in that conference championship game, I was on Liberty. But unfortunately, if he doesn't get hurt in that game, I probably don't cover that game. Yep. Heck, they might beat Liberty in that game. Yep, that was a real turning um, point in that game for sure. Um, so like I said, I like them. Um, not only, um, have they got a great record straight up, they're also 10 and three against the spread this year. Um, so, uh, they've been a covering machine covered, um, second best key team in the country as far as covering. So, um, sorry about the long winded breakdown, but I was excited. We got to talk about a game. I actually had some action on. I'm on New Mexico state, every number from two to two and a half to three. And I think they smashed Fresno state. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. That's like the one game in the first weekend that I that I actually like. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. We have UCLA versus Boise State. Uh, currently, Boise State plus four and a half. Um, the total is 48 and a half. Uh, obviously, Taylor Green's entered the transfer portal. He will not be playing. This is the Los Angeles Bowl, by the way. Um, and then as far as UCLA, Dante Moore, he entered the transfer portal, but he lost a starting job, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Latte Latu, who is all Pac-12 defensive end, he's going to be a first-round pick. He is not playing. He has opted out for UCLA. Man, they got UCLA has a lot of opt-outs as well. I mean, I what do you think about this game? You know, I really want to play UCLA, but um, the the motivation. I thought would be there more for UCLA, but now that you got Carson Steele not sticking around, you know, I thought, um, um, what's the the guy's name, the interim head coach's name, Jordan? I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. For for who? UCLA. I'm still Chip Kelly. I mean, um, darn it, I'm drawing a blank here. Sorry, they lost their offensive coordinator, right? They lost their offensive coordinator. Well, their QB coach, Ryan Gunderson, he took the Oregon State offensive coordinator job. And then they also lost their defensive coordinator, D'Anton Lynn. Yeah, USC. anyways, I thought there would be some, you know, Ethan Garber should be back as well, their quarterback. As you said, he took Dante Moore's spot. I just thought the motivation would be there for UCLA and Chip Kelly to go out on a win. 
Um, you know, Chip Kelly, that's what I'm trying to think of. He's trying to fight for his job. I know there's a lot of rumors out there on the West Coast that he might not be sticking around, but you know he wants to win that ball game. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I haven't played anything on this. Um, my gut tells me it's UCLA, but like I said, I haven't played anything. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, <clears throat> I would lean UCLA, but I think if UCLA was going to move on from Chip Kelly, they would have they would have already done so because, like, this is, like, the big time for recruiting. So the fact that he's still there tells me that he's going to be the coach. So I, I'm not sure that there's a ton of motivation factor for UCLA. And then, obviously, Carson Steele, we don't know what's up with him. I don't think he's going to be playing. So I, I don't know. Like, I didn't like UCLA, how they ended the season. So... I would stay away from them. Boise State actually looked good in the season, but a big part of that was Taylor Green and their running attack, right? And now he's not playing. I just there's just too much unknown here for me. Uh, I would I, I'm just would absolutely stay away. Absolutely staying away from this one. Um, all right, let's move over to the next game. We have the uh, Independence Bowl. This is also on Saturday between Texas Tech and Cal Golden Bears. Currently, Texas Tech Lane Three. Totals 57 and a half. What do you think about this one? You know, Jordan, I haven't played this one either. Um, looks like my only action so far is New Mexico State on Saturday. But um, I would definitely feel like there'd be a motivation factor for Cal, right? Yep. It's a pretty big, pretty big uh, deal getting to a bowl. I love Justin Wilcox. Um, I know Texas Tech's going to be uh, without their two best receivers. So who's going to be catching the ball for them? And, they, that you know, they like to throw it around. Um I think the motivation factor would be Cal. So if I was looking to play some on this side, it would probably be Cal. Yep, definitely Cal for me. Uh, Texas Tech lost a lot, man. Like even not not only just in opt outs, but like they have a lot of injuries. Their two best starting offensive linemen are going to be out for this game, which I think is huge. Uh, their best defensive player is going to be out for the game. He had surgery, so uh, just. It's just not looking good for Texas Tech here. Um, so and, and wouldn't you say that Texas Tech, man, I mean, they're probably ready for the season to be over with. They came in with expectations. A lot of people thought they could pe- compete to win the Big 12. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I would say one of our best um, – you know, we did well on our season win totals, but I'd say one of the best things we did, which ultimately was a win for us, was um, not kind of, we kind of got off Texas Tech. Yeah. You know, I was – I was kind of on Texas Tech hard there in June and July. And the more I, I really looked into it, I'm like, man, this team has some holes. Um, you know, what is Joey McGuire doing? Um, and so I kind of fell off there. Also, just naturally, I try to get off the Trinity dog and, you know, you you hop on YouTube or, or watch the TV and see everybody talking about Texas Tech. They were just doomed from the start. So bless their hearts. Yeah, I think Cal's the way to play this one for sure. Jaden Knott's obviously still playing. Um, just hand the ball off to Jaden Knott. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Man, that, that I, I like him, man. That kid runs hard. He's elusive. He'll get back there, run kickoffs back. I mean, that's kind of what started when they beat UCLA, you know. He yep. kind of – he um, UCLA jumped out to early lead. He runs a kickoff back for a touchdown. It's like, all right, here we go with Cal, and they never look back. Yep, he's very uh, dynamic, very dynamic yep. player. Um yeah, I just think – I mean, dude, like, you, you nailed it, dude. I just think Texas Tech, like, what's the motivation factor? Obviously, they're just missing a ton of guys. Like, I think the only thing going their way here is that it's in Texas. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's it. Aside from that, I just – I don't like anything about Texas Tech on this side, so I would definitely play Cal here. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. We have uh, the famous Toastery Bowl. This is on Monday. Uh, we got Western Kentucky against Old Dominion. Western Kentucky has a lot of opt-outs as well. Yep. Um, including their backup quarterback. So we will see the we'll see Austin or Austin Reed is No, uh-uh. He's not playing. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people saying he's not going to play in the bowl. Oh, this is all bad. Uh, what do you <laughs> think about this one? You know, I haven't played anything, Jordan, but I mean, I think the line tells the tale here. Naturally, you know, you see this game at, at full strength in the middle of the season, and, and I, don't, I think Western Kentucky's, you know, three and a half point favorite. But um, all the opt outs, uh, you got uh, Malachi Corley, who's going to be a great receiver. They're saying that uh, we we thought he was going to not play in the bowl. For everything I'm seeing, he's going to play in the bowl, but they're going to have a third string quarterback, um, you know, throwing him the ball. So, I don't know, man. They they've got basically their whole entire secondary has already said they're not playing because they're in the trans. Well, they've already said they're not playing. They're in the transfer portal. So, yep. oh man, I'd have to probably stay away from this one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't want any part of this game. Would lean Old Dominion here. I just see yep. Western Kentucky's defense is just Swiss cheese, dude. It is, man. And you talk about another team. I know they finished seventy five, but that team underperformed this year. Yeah. They were. They were almost even money to win the conference. Yep, they were the heads-on favorite to win that conference, and they fucking they weren't even close, man. That was nasty stuff. Um, all right, let's move on to the Frisco Bowl on Tuesday. We got the UTSA Roadrunners against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, currently, this game is at Marshall. They're catching twelve and a half points. UTSA a heavy favorite. What do you think? What do you think about this one, AK? Uh, shout out to Cole Pennington, Chad Pennington, old Marshall uh, legendary alum. His son will be starting the game um, with their trigger man in the transfer portal. So um, I, I, I think the UTSA probably does smash them just simply because they've got something to prove. You know, 8-40 UTSA is underperforming, and I think that Jeff Trailer and them, they're going to show up here uh, – <laughs> And kind of just run through Marshall, but I'm, I don't want to come out late thirteen. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. I definitely think that uh, I think that they're they have the motivation factor. I'm not saying Marshall isn't motivated, but UTSA is obviously the better team. And then yeah. the fact that they're also kind of motivated. This is Frank Harris's last college game. He's going to be playing in this bowl game. I think they're going to be super motivated for this game. But I'm with you. Like laying thirteen and a half isn't really something that I'm really jumping out of my seat to do. So lean uh utsa in this one maybe look at the over man i mean the over sitting around 52 and a half i'm not a totals guy but i mean you feel like i feel like utsa could easily put up like 35 points in this game you know and then can marshall get you 17 get you across 17 so yep 100 percent um all right let's move on to the roofclaim.com boca raton bowl between the usf bulls and the syracuse orange Obviously, Dino Babers has been let go of his duties at Syracuse. Um, uh, Nunzo Campanelli is going to be the interim head coach. What's the line on this one? It is currently Syracuse lane three. What what do you think about this one? I I like USF in this spot. Jordan, I'm going to let you break this one down because they should have called this the Taproom Sports Bowl because this one's (laughs) ugly, man. Yeah, I mean, it, this is not pretty at all. This is definitely not pretty. Uh, obviously, Gary Bohannon is going to be – he didn't play this year. He entered the transfer portal. Um, but I, I actually like what USF did. I mean, nobody – I didn't expect USF to be in a bowl game. 
you know, and here right. they are, and it's their first bowl game since 2018. I think they're extra motivated in this spot, and I don't think Syracuse is really going to be that motivated. Obviously, Dino Babers lost his lost the job. Maybe they get up and they they uh, they perform for Nunzio. I don't know. Like again, I'm not rushing out to bet USF, but I do not like backing Syracuse, dude. Syracuse is an ugly fucking team. I just don't think Syracuse has done enough to lay three, you know, on, on a neutral really anybody right now, right? Yeah. And and is Garrett Schrader really healthy? We're hearing his health is he's healthy, but is he? Um, and, and kind of goes back to we talked about Cal, right? Syracuse kind of underperformed this year. Yep. Um, South Florida exceeded expectations. Wants to continue to exceed expectations, sort of like a New Mexico State last year. Yep. Those are the type of teams, man. You can find some, you know, find some value on in these bowl games. Yep, I love it. If there was a, I would definitely like that. Now that we talk about it, that's the one that I'm looking at is definitely uh, USF in that spot. I right, let's move on to the Gasparilla Bowl between Georgia Tech and the UCF Knights. Um, currently, UCF is laying four and a half. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, both teams are really almost. I mean, yeah, there's a few. Uh, one DB for. Georgia Tech, one DB for UCF. So let's just say they cancel each other out. You basically got two teams at full strength here. Um, so I know UCF kind of went through the ups and downs of going to a big boy conference this year. Georgia Tech, I thought, played well at times. They stuck around. Um, I would say they exceeded expectations. I would say Georgia Tech has something to prove. Um, we know hungry dogs can run fast in these bowls. Uh, you know, based off of motivation factors and, and, you know, who really gives a shit about being there. Six and six to UCF is a horrible year, you know, based on based on what they've done right over the past uh, eight to 10 years. So um, I, I have be honest with you, Jordan, I have not played this, but I am I've been close to playing Georgia Tech like plus four and a half. I've seen some plus fours out there already. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Like, <clears throat> I actually think Georgia Tech is a good spot here. Georgia Tech 10th in PPA per rush. Uh, 22nd in success rate. And UCF, they're dog shit stopping the run. 107th in the country in PPA against the run. 124th in success rate. Both these teams actually run the ball very well. Um, and both teams aren't good at stopping the run. So that is something to look look at um, in terms of playing this. But, man, Georgia Tech really exceeded expectations. I thought they were going to be terrible. They actually came yeah. out. They had a really great season. They hung around with Georgia for most of that game against Georgia too. Um, so I, I like Georgia Tech here. I mean, I, I think this is an absolute play at four and a half. Georgia Tech's done well against the number all season two, hitting about 60%, where UCF struggled against the number all year. So um, once again, there's probably some, you know, some value on back back in Georgia Tech here as a dog. This is one of those plays too, AK, where like the casual better – just sees the name UCF and they they're like they're familiar with them recently, whereas everyone kn- knows Georgia Tech's been dog shit. So they're just like, oh, yep. UCF's only four and a half. Like I'm gonna take that. You know what I mean? I just feel like this. Yeah, is I mean, and and, and and I mean, just as you know, somebody that does this every day, like me and you do, <clears throat> you're I, I can't see you Central Florida being favored by six and a half or seven at home against Georgia Tech right now. Yeah, no right. Way. You know, so you're telling me on a neutral, I can catch four and a half through a field goal with the dog. I like that, man. Yep. I'm with you. Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets. All right, let's move on to the Birmingham Bowl between between Troy and Duke. This is going to be an interesting game. 
Uh, Duke's catching seven and a half for obvious reasons. Lose Mike Elko, their starting coach, and then they basically lose everything of value. Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. <clears throat> uh, starting edge rusher, RJ Oban. Defensive lineman, Aeneas Peebles. I mean, dude, they're losing a lot of quality players here. Is this yep. game just Troy or stay away? I mean, I think the line tells the tale here. Um, when I saw it at first, I was like, oh, my God. Even with – I mean, cause you got to think, Riley Linder was banged up some this year. Actually, quite a bit this year. Yep. Um, so, the backup quarterback played a lot. You know, Grayson Loftus. So, okay. Obviously, he's a ball off from Riley Leonard, but I'll give you that. But still, you got a, a, a you know, a trigger man that's been there before. Yeah, I don't know. Does Troy need to lay seven and a half? I've even seen eight popping up. I don't know, man. It, so it would just be a complete stay away from me. I do think that Duke losing all the offensive, ta- or I'm sorry, defensive talent, though, I do think that does hurt them because their defense was really strong this year. Like they were one of the better yep. defensive teams in the country. So I do think, and, and Troy, obviously, we know Troy, great defensive team. So maybe, you know, look to the under in this game more than anything at 44 and a half. Um, but yeah, for me, it's either Troy or stay away, but I'm with you laying seven and a half with Troy. Isn't something that I'm like out here, you know, really looking to do or anything. <laughs> right. All right, let's move on to the Camellia bowl. This is uh next Saturday, the 23rd. Uh, we have Arkansas state against, um, Northern Illinois. Currently Northern Illinois is catching a point and a half. Is Rocky Lombardi not playing? Does it say? Um, the, uh, everything I've heard, Rocky Lombardi's playing. But the problem is they're going to basically be down their top four receivers. They basically won't have a receiver that has caught a pass, really any pass in 2023. That's pretty interesting. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Well, Arkansas State starting running back. He's still banged up. Um, so we don't know if he's playing or not. There has been some money coming in on – um, Northern Illinois. I've kind of tracked this game just because Northern Illinois is, once again, another one of those MAC teams that I tend to like to follow for whatever God knows reason. Um, and yeah, I, I've seen it move to like a pick some places. I've seen it move to like Arkansas State minus one. So I think there's some, there's definitely some money coming in on Northern Illinois. Um, but Jordan, I, I really, I really didn't have a feel for this game. What about you? Um, I mean, I would lean Northern Illinois. Arkansas State, not good against the rush. 105th in success rate, 98th in PPA. Uh, I'm sorry, 105th in explosive, 87th in uh, success. And that's what Northern Illinois really likes to do. I mean, 24th in PPA per rush, 43rd in success rate, 20th in explosiveness. Um, So I don't even think they need a wide receiver because they'll just run the ball down your throat. Yep. So I, I, I would. I will say uh, Arkansas State has <clears throat> has done really well covering the number this year. Seven and five against the number, um, average cover of almost five points. So maybe maybe Arkansas State's been a little undervalued all season, but I definitely make Northern Illinois the favorite here. Yeah, I like Northern Illinois. Uh, this this next game is a game that I do like as well. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl between James Madison and Air Force. Currently, Air Force catching two and a half. Um, it's really hard to gauge a lot of things from Air Force because they don't really say much. So uh, you kind of got to 
take it with a grain of salt, but Zach Larrier, their starting quarterback, should be back. And when he went out was really when Air Force's season just fell apart. Um, and then obviously we know uh, JMU's coach, Signetti, uh, he took the Indiana job. Um, what What's your shot? What's your thoughts here? Well, Jordan, I'll be the first to admit I, ha- I did not do very well trying to get in front of JMU this year. So, um, I uh, that's Air Force coach Calhoun that we all know is the same Air Force coach that said Zach would probably be out for the season, and the kid suits up and plays the next week. So take that with a grain of salt. Yep. Um, he'll probably be back and play. Um, uh, on top of everything you said about JMU, they do have a lot of guys already in the transfer portal. A um, couple starting um, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Basically, their whole linebacking core. Um, when and and I'll be honest, JMU has not lined up to stop the rushing attack of Air Force. You know they're going to shove it down your throat, um, wash, rinse, repeat, shove it down your throat some more. So, do you want to sit there, you know, in Texas and play against them all day? I don't think JMU seen anything like it. So I haven't played it um, just because I thought, believe it or not, I know JMU's you know eleven and one have been covering machine, but I made the game closer to a pick. So I was especially with Jamie's head coach being gone. So the line line throws me off a little bit. What about you? Yeah, I love Air Force in this spot. <clears throat> I think uh plus Air Force, you know, every bowl game they come out super motivated. Like last year against Baylor. Baylor. Yep. Yeah, like they, they took care of business. I think the same thing is gonna be here. I think if JMU didn't lose Signetti and then lose all the guys in the transfer portal that they did lose, I would think a lot differently. But because of that and then kind of how Air Force ended their season, I do think that Air Force is going to be motivated in this game here, and then getting Larry back I think is very important. Um, so I, I like Air Force in this spot, plus two and a half. I think it's a fire. I think you can find some threes out there if you... I would love a three uh, even more. I think Air Force wins this game outright. Yeah, you can find a three out there a few places, Jordan, so nice. um, give you the free field goal with it. There you go. Um, all right, let's move on to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. This is also on Saturday the 23rd at 3.30 Eastern. Uh, we have Georgia Southern against Utah State. Utah State currently laying one and a half points. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Hey, that hey, that's funny, Jordan. <clears throat> we'll finish up with that in a second. But uh, some books... Uh, one offshore book that me and you like to use some is at plus three, a juice plus three, but our good old friends at Metallic are at plus two and a half minus one ten. So there you go. Yeah. Um, tells you a lot. What's the money line on Air Force right now at Metallic? Our good friends at Metallic have the money line. Hold on. Plus one ten. Plus one fifteen. One fifteen, nice. <clears throat> I think that's there good you go. value. JV's minus one thirty five. Anyways, moving on. What game are we on now, Jordan? Sorry. Idaho Potato Bowl between Georgia State and Utah uh, State. I know Georgia State has some guys in the transfer portal. Yep. I think Utah State's mostly at full strength, right, from everything I've seen and in, in, in out there. Um, total, total, we know Georgia State and Utah State both struggle to stop anybody. Unfortunately, we saw that when we were uh, played them at the end of the season against New Mexico. They couldn't. <laughs> They couldn't stop a toddler running around with a, uh, you know, basketball on a football field. So um, I uh, I think the over probably would be the play here. I know Georgia State's one of their best players. Their running back Marcus Carroll's out, but I like Georgia State's quarterback, man. Yeah. Um, 
I liked him for two years. I think he'll run around. Um, so if you're looking to play a side, man, it would be Georgia State or pass for me. Yeah, I think the one worrisome thing about Georgia State is the fact that, like, they really, uh, you know, kind of just fell apart at the end of the year. They lost five straight to end the season. You remember how they lost that ODU game? Like, that was just gut-wrenching. Yeah, heartbreaking. Um, so that does kind of – that is a little bit worrisome. Utah State, on the other hand, like, I think they did exceed expectations this year. I didn't think they were going to be 6-6 six and six team. So the fact that they are bowl eligible, I think, is a win for them. The one thing about Utah State is, like, dude, they, they've used so many different quarterbacks, and, like, you never know who their quarterback's going to be, which is kind of, like, you know, it's hard to handicap in that in that sense. But um, I would just – I would play Utah State here minus one and a half just because they're familiar with, with the blue turf. Uh, they've been there before. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how. <laughs> like, I would lean Utah State here. I wouldn't play it, though. <laughs> Uh, all right, here. let's move on to the 68 Ventures Bowl between South Alabama, your favorite, and Eastern Michigan. How the fuck did Eastern Michigan even make a bowl? That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, though, man, you talk about teams that did not pass expectations. South Alabama got an F on all the tests. Yeah. So and they're laying they, uh, 16 and a half here. Can I interest you in 16 and a half? Man, I think I'll pass on that, Jordan. I appreciate the offer, though. Just <laughs> South Alabama, they did come on late, but you're talking about a team that went four and eight against the number. So that showed you they, uh, you know, yeah. underachieved all year because I was high on that team coming in. After what they did last year, they were one of the most veteran savvy teams in the country. Um, I know the trigger man got banged up for a little while. Um, he came back there at the end, Carter Bradley. You know, they had that big win over Oklahoma State, which was ended up being a huge win after what Oklahoma State did this year. Yep. Um, but just couldn't figure it out, man. Uh, did figure it out down the stretch just to blow it at the end against Texas State. Um, so I'm definitely not interested in, in back in Eastern Michigan, but I surely won't lay 16 with South Alabama. But, I mean, like, even taking Eastern Michigan 16.5 is, like, worrisome because, I mean, you look at who they beat this year, Buffalo, Akron, Kent State, Ball State, and UMass. I mean, that's their wins, dude. Those are like six of the worst teams <laughs> in college football, dude. Uh, so, like, even taking Eastern Michigan is like, I know it's 16 and a half points, you know what I mean? But, like, I, I'm not really looking forward to taking 16 and a half, and I definitely don't want to lay 16 and a half. So, if I were to play this, though, yes. shockingly, I would play South Alabama. Yeah. There's no way I'm playing. Dude, I watched enough of that Eastern Michigan team. That team, that team stinks, dude. Somehow they surprisingly went 7-5 and five against the number two. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, they they were always, like, catching big numbers. Because like, one of the games they covered was against Toledo, and I think they were, like, 24-point dogs in that game. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a Toledo struggled game. all year to cover those big numbers until the end of the season. Yeah, and then they get in the MAC championship and lose again. Oh, yeah, then lose outright in the MAC championship. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're going to talk about Toledo coming up here soon. All right, let's move on to uh, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. we got Utah versus Northwestern. Who, dude, if you told me Northwestern was going to be in a bowl in the beginning of the year, I would have told you you're fucking crazy. Uh, what do you think about I thought this? they were going to be one of the worst teams ever, like we've ever seen, you ever. know what I mean? Yeah. In a Power 5 conference. And, hey, shout out to Northwestern, man. They went 8-4 and four against the number. 
Uh, covered some covered some big numbers along the way, won some big games along the way. And if you were to tell me they would be playing Utah in a bowl game to start the season, I would have told you you were crazy. I would have said there's um, no way. Um, you know, there was there <laughs> that Iowa game could have easily gone their way. The Nebraska game could have gone their way. What if we could be sitting here talking about like a nine and three Northwestern team? So you talk about a hell of a coaching job and a team that exceeded expectations all year, man. Kudos to them. Um, yep. I would kind of go go the other way with Utah, you know. A couple of injuries banged them up early on in the season, couldn't figure out the trigger man position. Um, lost at home for the first time, and, you know, since I was three years old. And, uh, you know, kind of under, underachieved all year. So uh, I definitely think if you're looking for a, a motivation edge or a team that wants to be there, I definitely would say would be, I would argue be Northwestern. I will say this, though, AK, this will be 95% Utah fans in attendance yeah, in this game. They this, travel so well. This is going – And it's in Las Vegas, right? It's it's right next door. So I I know that this is going to be huge. And, and Kyle Whittingham is not going to let this team – you know, a lot of these guys, like, yeah, they did underperform, but a big reason why was because they didn't have Cam Rising. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you told me Cam Rising wasn't going to play all year – I wouldn't be shocked at Utah's record. The only reason why we're shocked is because, you know, we had expectations because we thought Cam Rising was going to play, right? At some point, we thought he was going to play. We didn't think, we knew he wasn't going to start the season. But I do think that Utah's going to be motivated here. Kyle Whittingham's definitely the better coach. Utah's definitely still more talented than Northwestern. I actually, anything under a touchdown, I would lay with Utah easily. And I think it's, Six and a half is an absolute bet. I know I know Northwestern's played good, but dude, the Big Ten sucks. I would agree. You know what I mean? Like Utah, even with a bang, even with no cam rising, still a million times better offensively than Iowa. Yep. And they still got a great defense. Like Northwestern isn't gonna be able to like move the ball that efi- efficiently against Utah. So I would only look at Utah here. This it's Utah or or no play. Do you agree? Can't wait. To, I, 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 you know, I really just want an opinion, man. I would say Northwestern, uh, you know, they want to be there. But once again, I'm looking at the total 41 and a half. You know, maybe this is one that I think Utah can get, you know, score some points. Um, maybe you can even play a sharp angle and play like Utah team total over. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to look at betting Utah in that game without having to lay the seventh. Good point. Very good point. All right, let's move on to the Hawaii Bowl. This is a late night on Saturday, December 23rd. Um, we have the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers against the San Jose State, my San Jose State Spartans. Um, so I was getting ready to say, that's your uh, alma mater. <clears throat> yes, sir. What do you think about uh, What do you think about this one? <clears throat> Man, Jordan, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, San Jose State's going to be laying 10 in a ball game. Man, <laughs> would I tell you were crazy. Hey, they they um, they're the hottest team to finish the year, though. Well, at least in I the agree. Mountain West. At least in the Mountain West. And they, man, they played well all season. Who would have thought they would have been there? You know, with a chance to chance to go to the uh, Mountain West Championship game. Um, I certainly wouldn't, man. They they figured it out. They figured out how to run the ball. And San Jose State, one of the best covering teams in the country. It, uh, they only didn't. They only missed covering three times all year. So. Um, even covered in that first game against USC, and that's kind of when you were like, okay, we were like, all right, this team, they can go down and score the ball. But once they were able to start figuring out and running the ball, 
They just started running it down people's throats, man. Uh, talking about Fresno State, we talked about earlier, man. They just shoved it down their throat, man. Yep. And and San Jose State got anything they wanted, whatever yep. they wanted to do offensively, they got it. Even UNLV um, against UNLV, AK. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if I was looking to play this game, uh, I I, w- I wouldn't be afraid to lay ten with San Jose State. I think they just shove it down Coast Carolina's throat. Coast Carolina is basically going to trot their third string quarterback out there. Yeah. Um. At the trigger man position, no Grayson McCall. He's moving on, um, which I thought he might go pro this year. So curious to see him stick around for another year. Um, they're going to lose basically their best receiver as well. Uh, I, 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 man, I think San Jose State just shoves it down their throat. What do you think, Jordan? Hundred uh, percent agree. I, I do think losing uh, Dominic Mazzotti. I think that is a huge loss. He's their best pass catcher, and he's a he's a starting tight end. I do think that does hurt. However, I do think that, you know, Coastal Carolina, 113th in success rate against the run. I think, I do think San Jose State is just going to pound the fucking rock down their throat. And not having Grayson McCall is definitely uh, a huge loss. And then also, like, Coastal Carolina, pretty underwhelming season. You know, they look good against UCLA for, like, three quarters. And then everything after that, AK, like, for the rest of the year was kind of just, like, a huge disappointment. And then when you see what... um. Um, who's uh? What's Liberty's head coach's name? Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, when when you see what Chadwell did with with Liberty and like kind of how Coastal Carolina took a massive step backwards, um, I just I don't know if there's gonna be a ton of motivation factor here for Coastal Carolina. They're losing a lot of guys. I do think there is motivation factor for San Jose State because a lot of the guys that are on the team this year are gonna be playing next year. So I think this is like a jump start for next year as well. And and they finished the season really strong. So. I, I and would, I would argue too, man. Just just with travel and just the whole week of being out there, and the you know San Jose State's played in Hawaii before, right? Most of those yep. guys have gone out and played in Hawaii or, or knew they have to do that. Same with the coaches. It's a little bit different when you got Coast Carolina kids from the East Coast going to Hawaii for a week. Yep. And uh, you know, Chevin Cordero, starting quarterback, he's from Hawaii, so from Hawaii, like, right? Yep. It's a homecoming. This is actually their second game in Hawaii this year. That's what I'm saying. They've been there. They, you know, they've done the festivities and hanging out in Hawaii. And oh my God, we're in Hawaii, right? Yeah. Now I think it's a business. I think it's a business trip for them. Yep. Good point. It's a great, great point. All right, let's move on to the Quick Lane Bowl. This is on Tuesday, December 26th. Uh, we have Bowling Green against Minnesota. Money coming in on Minnesota. This line's moved to Minnesota minus lane four and a half. Um, obviously, Minnesota losing their starting quarterback, Ethan Kalikmanis, the Greek. Freak, whatever they call him. Uh, what do you think about this one? Well, yeah, double down on that. Their backup quarterback is also in the transfer portal. So it's probably going to be third stringer Cole Kramer, who's played six snaps all season. Obviously, that scares me some. Um, and you really just have to, to wonder, does Minnesota really, really care? But I will say, going back to elaborating on something we talked about at the start of the show, when you look at Minnesota's roster versus Bowling Green's roster – just top, you know, top to bottom. I think Minnesota, you know, can kind of lean on them and kind of do whatever they want to do. I don't think it matters who's a trigger at the trigger man position for them. So I understand why money's coming in on them. It's a low total. Minnesota's defense probably will hold Bowling Green to yeah. maybe getting hit in the teens, right? So I, I think doesn't it feel like this game's like Minnesota wins like twenty eight to ten? The total right? is thirty six and a half. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? So. It the just it just feels like it's one of those like ugly bowl games that it's like why did I waste four hours of my life watching this game, yeah. um, but that Minnesota ultimately runs away with it. Then 
This is this is in Detroit too, so it's it's uh in a dome, so we don't have to worry about weather. But yeah, I agree. This is probably a, a game that I will not watch, um, and I'll just uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch the highlights, and that'll be that. <laughs> it'll be on the background at work because like I have to work the day after Christmas, and it'll be like, why why did I listen to that game for three and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pretty ugly. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. This is uh, between Texas State and Rice. It's actually, this should be a pretty good game, actually. I agree. Rice is uh, catching four and a half right now. The total is at 60 and a half. What do you think about this one? You know, Rice, uh, if you remember, Jordan, I, I, I kind of cashed a couple tickets down the stretch with Rice. Um, there was some value on Rice. Rice, believe it or not, only didn't cover, miss covering in three games this year. So they were a uh, covered machine for us. Um, I think Texas State, uh, even though they kind of struggled against a number throughout the year, they kind of, you know, started the season off the big win against Baylor. And, um, you know, their offense can put up points. Totals of 61 for a reason, man. Texas State can score with the best of them. Um, and then it just comes down to with no JT Daniels at the quarterback position, you know, what can Rice do? Um, I, I probably won't play a side in this game, Jordan, but I'll be honest. As I'm not excited to be listening to the Bowling Green game, I'm actually excited just to watch this game as a fan. I think it could be a uh, a good game. I think Texas State can up, run up and down with them. Texas State struggles on defense some, though. So if Rice can muster anything up on offense, um, Rice might be able to stick around here. Yeah, the total being at 60.5 doesn't surprise me because uh, yep. we expect a lot of points scored in this game, not much defense. Uh, not having JT Daniels does – suck i would have liked to see him you know finish out his career unfortunately he has to medically retire um yep. but you know I, I think this is gonna be a great game man texas state is a pretty uh they're a pretty impressive team this year i know they were only uh they weren't great against the the number um four and six against the spread the last 10 but i uh i'm gonna like this game man i'm not gonna bet it but i'm with you man i, I i'm gonna enjoy watching this one same here enjoy watching it uh, I'm also going to enjoy this next one, the guaranteed rate bowl between Kansas and UNLV. I think it's going to be a, another great game. Uh, currently, Kansas laying 12 and a half. Uh, the total's at 64 and a half. What do you think about this one? Man, shout out to Kansas, man. Uh, our well, My biggest uh, season win total before the season, Kansas over five and a half wins. It ran off six, six and a half, but it didn't num- matter what number you got because it cashed all of them. Um, even with what they had to go through at the quarterback position and, and, um, our boy Dave Daniels getting, you know, um, never really coming back. I mean, he just never could really find his foot and healthy. But Jason Bean stepped in, played very well throughout the season, guided them to an eight and four season. Um, but on the flip side, man, UNLV came out. Remember, we thought they would never not cover a number, right? I think they started season like 8-0 against the numbers. So, as you said, man, I'm excited to see it. I'm certainly not trying to come out in late 12-and-a-half or 13 with Kansas, I'll tell you that. Yeah, if I'm going to bet this, it's definitely UNLV or or pass. Um, The biggest concern is obviously, you know, Kansas is really good at rushing the ball. Um, And then UNLV, while they were good at stopping the run for most of the year, they kind of like tailed off at the end of the year, especially against San Jose State. And then Kansas is like really good at running the football. Um, They're – 10th in rushing play rate, 9th in PPA, 17th in success, and 37th again in explosiveness. Um, so, again, I, I think this is an over-type game because I think both teams are what they do good offensively. The other team doesn't do great defensively. Kansas wasn't good against the run either. So 
with all that being said, I, if I was going to play this, it would it would be UNLV taking the points, or I would look at the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points here. Yeah, I think that like I'm like you. I think there's a reason why the total is a 64 and a half. Where's this game at? The guaranteed rate pool. Is this in Arizona? I think it's in Arizona. Yeah. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's a Chiefs. Change this. Change the subject for one second, Jordan. I am beating myself. I was at the Liberty Grand Canyon game last uh, Saturday watching your arch rivals take down the Flames, the Flames' first home loss in 22 games. Um, I was there for it, but uh, I I knew I should have bet Liberty, man. Uh, They were laying like 13 and a half, but I knew they would come out and smoke Tennessee State. Those poor souls. What was the final score? Liberty's beating them by 24 with three minutes to go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I knew Liberty would come out. Those poor souls of Tennessee State didn't stand a chance. Liberty was going to come out and smash them tonight. Uh five minutes from my house. I can hear I can hear him screaming from here. It's it's funny, AK, because I was talking to Kush earlier today and we were talking about that game and he played it and I was like I was like, Yeah, they're probably gonna like they're definitely gonna win. But I was like, Man, I don't I'm not I don't really like wanna lay fourteen and a half and like dude, I've just had the right. I've had the worst luck uh you know, kind of handicapping Liberty this year. Like, I played Charlotte against them earlier in the year, and then they, like, beat the shit out of Charlotte. And then I liked them against Grand Canyon, and Grand Canyon beat them. So it's like, I I can't really get a good grasp on Liberty, but you're right. Like, this was definitely the spot to play them tonight for sure, 100%. Yep. All right, what bowl game are we on? Uh, Oh, we are on uh, uh, the military bowl, actually. Yes, Virginia Tech against Tulane is uh is Pratt playing? Uh, he has not hit the portal yet. Technically, um, he may, he may enter the lot, NFL draft too. Yeah, there's a, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot of talk of him going to the draft. Yeah. So I, I think I think based on the number, I don't think Pratt's playing. Like just that's what I'm saying. Seven and a half. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, Metallic's sitting at eight, Jordan. That doesn't make any sense. So the, the, he's definitely – there's no way he's playing. Someone's got inside. No way he's playing. Exactly right. And then – And Willie Fritz um, isn't coaching either. Well, well, Kyle Horton's are – we know he's in the transfer portal. Their backup that played like the Mississippi game and a couple games when Pratt was banged up. So it would leave a third stringer that's played six snaps the whole season. Yeah. <clears throat> this is uh, Virginia Tech or nothing. And, and by the way, Virginia Tech had a great year. You know, and we already know Chris Brazil, their best receiver, is going to is already in the transfer portal. So they lost um, a few guys to the portal already, right? They lost a, a lot of defensive guys: DJ Douglas, Devin yep. Deal, Keith Cooper, and you remember Tulane's a great defensive team. So yeah, yeah, and a, so losing their best receiver, then their number two and number three receiver both got are both got hurt in the conference title game, if you remember. Yep. So. They're basically down to like their fourth and fifth string receivers. Yeah, this is uh absolutely Virginia Tech or nothing for me. Hundred percent, yeah. And I would even I would even argue that uh there's some ways to bet Virginia Tech. I would even maybe look at Virginia Tech team total over as well. Yeah. I think that's a sharp angle to look at them. Yep. <clears throat> Agree. All right, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This is uh Wednesday, December twenty seventh. We got North Carolina against West Virginia. Currently West Virginia's lane five and a half. The total is fifty six and a half. We know Drake May is not gonna play in this game. That Ortez is, Walker. 
or Tez Walker or Miles no. Murphy. They're also no. losing their starting center, Corey Gaynor. Uh, and to the transfer portal, they're losing their tight end, Kamari Morales, uh, Tyshawn Chapman, Andre Green, cornerback Tayon Holloway, defensive tackle Kedrick Bingley. I mean, dude, you might who who's going to even suit up for North Carolina? They got a whole tryouts. I heard Irv is starting center for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do it. This is the hell. A, they might they might line Ben up in the backfield. This ain't. This is not good. What do you think about um, this game? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Jordan. When you when you, when you got to give credit where credit is due, if you were to tell me West Virginia would have gone eight and four this year uh, before the season, I would have told you there's no way in hell. Yep. Um. So hey, kudos to them, man. They came out, played tough this year, never backed down from anybody. Um. Thank God we did cash uh, when we played against them on Houston on a one of the best beats we had off college football season. Oh my God. Um. I feel like that's when my college football season took a downturn, too. It was like the gambling gods gave me that one, and then we're like, all right, we're going to punish you for the rest of the fucking year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but if you were to tell me they were 8-4, and four, man, playing against North Carolina in a bowl, which I, I would kind of argue that North Carolina kind of fell off after the Virginia loss. Shout out oh, to my yeah. Wahoos. They beat them. North Carolina was never the same after that. They beat them on my birthday. Um, but – I think West Virginia wants to be here, man. But with all the tra- with all the transfer portal talk, all the going to the pros talk, it would be hard to really to really say you've capped this game and have an edge on either side. Yeah, this is an absolute stay away for me. This is one of those games where like you don't know what motivate. I think West Virginia is going to be motivated. Um, they're probably the better team, but I mean, like laying five and a half is a is a lot, even to what North Carolina is uh, not going to have. Mac Brown's still a great coach. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm, and I'm I'm with you, and I would argue that Mac Brown too. It's kind of going against the other side of my mouth. I'm talking out of now, but like Mac Brown wants to win this game just to like for recruiting purposes and to win a bowl game after they uh yeah kind of kind of fell off after the UVA loss. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Directv Holiday Bowl between the Louisville Cardinals and the USC Trojans. This is another game I actually like. Um, so I'll, I'll I guess I'll start it off. Uh, you know, USC, obviously, Caleb Williams isn't playing, um, and they're losing, you know, Michael Jackson, Relief Brown. They're not losing a ton of guys to the portal that, like, are, have played meaningful minutes. Uh, they Marshawn, Lynn, Lynn, or Marshawn Lloyd is opting out. Brennan Rice is opting out. But USC still has a fucking ton of talent at the wide receiver position, hence why some of those guys are leaving because there's not a lot of opportunities for them. Um, and then Miller Moss is going to be starting, and, and Miller Moss has been in this system for two years, He's a very capable quarterback. Uh, he would have been the starter if Caleb Williams never even came. Uh, he's a guy that I actually really like, and I'm looking forward to him playing. We just saw Louisville in the in the bowl game against uh, against uh, Florida State. Man, that team fucking sucks. I have no idea how the fuck they won as many games as they did. Um, but I actually think I think U- USC is massively undervalued in this spot, getting seven and a half points. How can you lay seven and a half with Louisville confidently? Yeah, after what they just did in the ACC championship game. Yeah. I mean, that plumber, I, I don't know what happened to him, but he fell off drastically at the end of the season. Yep. Um, And it was ugly, man. I mean, I was on Florida State. I was happy. But it was like, man, this team had so many chances to blow Florida State out. 
I mean, they had three trips inside the red zone off the block punt, the, the interception, and got no points out of all of any yep. of it. None of them. Yep. And then on the flip side, like USC has a lot of motivation too, AK, because a lot of these guys are going to be here next year. And then mm-hmm. you bring in Deonton Lynn now at the defensive coordinator position. Um, I and, and the defense did improve. I know they gave 38 to UCLA, but UCLA was like a dead man's walking team. But I think this team, given the extra – uh, preparation and stuff like I actually like USC in the spot plus seven and a half, and I would even sprinkle a little on the money line. I think they win this game outright. Don't you think that uh, back in the back of their heads, what happened in that ball game last year and the way they fell apart? You know, he wants to win this game. Yeah, well, uh, you know, based off the showing last year, what happened in that ball game? So he wants to win this game. And I also think it's huge because, like, you know, they're out hitting the portal really hard right now. USC is, and like, you know, you at least want to show these guys, like, hey, like. We're going to compete next year. We're going in the Big Ten, and we're going to compete. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, and what what other better way than beating the number 15 team in the country, yeah. regardless of how they finish the ACC championship game or not, against a very good Florida State team. We just beat the number 15 team in the, in, in the, uh, in the bowl game, man. That's a lot of excitement to build up in the offseason, man. You know, so uh, get a little excitement going, a little sense of urgency, if you will, in that uh, program. So – yeah, I agree, man. I kind of like USC here too. Yep, hundred percent. Love that we're all, every time we bet USC together, we fucking lose. So let's let's do it one more time this year. <laughs> Might as well make it eighteen to this this year, even though there's only thirteen games in the season. It feels like I've lost eighteen times betting that team. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did. We did win on them. Remember when uh, we were watching the one of the games and we took them in the second half and they covered for us. Yeah, what game was uh, that? Uh... What game did we – was that Arizona? We just, like, slammed the second half. Was that Arizona? They were just getting – Because they were losing um, to Arizona right in the first half of that game. No, it wasn't Arizona. Oh, no, it was Oregon. Oh, yes, 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 it was Oregon. Yeah, they, We took them and we just banged them in the second – that's also the night we banged Hawaii in the second half against Air Force and hit both of them. Yeah, that was a – that was a that was a yeah that was good that was like the one one time we actually hit on them <laughs> that was the only yeah. time it was yeah uh, that's why I felt like I took eighteen because I'd always hit them in the second half again too and just lose twice you know so yeah. what a great time to be alive oh yeah um, <laughs> all right let's move on to the next game we have uh, the Texas Tax Act Texas Bowl between Texas A and M and Oklahoma State uh, Oklahoma State catching two and a half right now surprisingly what do you think about this game. And Texas A&M has, like, hella people out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jimbo Fisher's Sirenara, Bobby Petrino's back where it all – well, not back where it all started, but at Arkansas now. Um, half of Texas A&M's teams in the, in the transfer portal. Um, and, you know, kudos to Oklahoma State, man. Gundy, I mean, we talked about it before the, end of the beginning of the season. He just always finds a way. Yeah. Um, but – you know, there's a lot of talk. Is, is Ollie Gordon going to play for Oklahoma State? I think the line says he's probably not because by far he's their best player. Yep. Um, and there was times this year outside of him, like, well, what did they really do, right? Like, what, like, what did they bring to the table compared to the, you know, Exhibit B, right? Yep. Um, so I think, I think with that number, Ollie Gordon's probably not playing. I'll be honest, man. Oklahoma State did not look good in that Big Twelve championship game at all. Um, Texas just kind of did whatever they want to with them. And and even with the guys in the transfer portal, I would say Texas A&M's roster is probably 
better than Oklahoma State, and I, I think that's what the bookmakers are shading it for. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Mike Gundy over whoever the hell is fucking coaching Texas A and M this in this game. So, and it, for me, this is Oklahoma State or nothing. That's it. Yeah, uh, it's just a stay away for me personally, Jordan. I, I don't even know if I have a side. If I had to take a side here, just because the the line just screams Texas A and M. If you put a gun to my head and was like, dude, you have to play this game, it would be Texas. I mean, uh, it would be Oklahoma State. Okay, State, yeah. But I don't – I like, again, I don't love it. I'm not rushing out to bet it. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Fenway Bowl. This is at uh, Fenway Park. We have the SMU Mustangs against Boston College. I know you like a play in this game, right? Yeah, so um, our good friend AC Money told me um, – that I don't even think it's still like been announced yet, but we've got some good information that we think Castellanos isn't going to be playing in the bowl game. Um, you got to think SMU got shunned out of the, the, they hate Liberty right now. They got shunned out of the group of five spot. Um, you know, we know what happened with the trigger man, Preston Stone, but Kevin Jennings is going to step in and do that. Boston College also has some guys in the transfer portal. Uh, Garo, who, yes, I know he hadn't played for a long time, but he was by far their best running back. Um, one of their better edge rushers is out. They're banged up, as you saw. Boston College, thank God we got there on our over five and a half wins because if we don't win that game on Friday night against Syracuse, Jordan, we don't get there. Um, yeah. They just had some injuries down the down, – uh, stretch there and i just think smu wants to come in here and just really beat up on a on a let's face it on a pretty bad acc football team yeah i agree um man boston college's defense sucks it does and especially down the stretch it got worse like when they started getting banged up they lost well, they lost both their starting corners throughout the season, like in like week nine or week ten, and it was just downhill from there. The one thing that does concern me, though, about backing SMU, at least laying the points, eh, I guess not. SMU is good against the run. I was going to say Boston yep. College is good against the run, but never mind. But Boston College's best running backs out. If there's no Castellanos, we've talked about it. Castellanos was basically their running back down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, more or less, he was their quarterback, but he was their starting running back, basically. I think SMU can stop them, and I think SMU can score will on them because Boston College, I mean, Virginia Tech just exposed them. They just can't stop anybody. And so I'd be very surprised. Uh, I, I, what's the number at right now, Jordan? I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Ten and a half, pretty much. Okay, well, we we bet it at ten. I got it at ten. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm with AC, you. I think, and I think AC, our good friend AC Money might even have like nine better numbers than that. He may have had like nine or nine and a half. You got a good number. All right, let's move on to the next game, the Pinstripe Bowl. This is uh, going to be at Yankee Stadium. We have Rutgers against Miami. Um, What do you think about this one? Miami, obviously they lost Tyler Van Dyke. He's not going to be playing, so that's a huge loss to them. They also lost a – a handful of other guys. Rutgers lost a few guys, but not anything really worth noting. But what do you think about this one? I have, I'll have. i be honest, Jordan, I have not played this yet, but I'm very close to betting Miami. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are going to argue about, well, where the game's played at, motivation factor, Rutgers, you know, uh, achieved – uh, overachieved, well, n- not overachieved, but they just exceeded expectations all year. I, Miami, does Miami care about being there or not? But when you look top to down the roster, Miami's just just a better team. 
They are, but Greg Schiano is a way better coach than Mario Cristobal. <laughs> Only when the game's on the line. So if, if we can be up by you know fourteen with a few minutes to go, we'll be okay. Oh no way! If if I gave you a choice between Greg Schiano and Mario Cristobal to coach a game, you would take you would take who? Oh, Greg Schiano, just because he's proven that he can win. Yes, Mario Cristobal is just a, and it's only late in games. Like, like honestly, like yeah. he's just. He, I, I just who, who were they playing that, that when when it happened? Georgia. It Tech. was the same night that USC and Arizona played. Georgia Tech. It was Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like, what are you thinking, man? He just, like, are you brain dead? He is, dude. That's the problem. Like, dude, I watched this guy at Oregon too. It's just. It's I don't know, bro. Like I just can't. It's tough to back him in spots like this. And uh, and Greg Schiano's a hell of a fucking coach, dude. And I think he's building that Rutgers again. Two years in a row, improve in wins. Um, I, if I had to play this, it would be Rutgers plus one and a half. I think that line says a lot. Yeah, I think it says a lot. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have uh, the Pop Tarts Bowl between NC State and Kansas State. Kansas State lane three. No Will Howard. No Will Howard. What do you think about this one? And obviously, NC State has, like, everybody out, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, MJ Morris in the transfer portal. Um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I just saw it, too. Where, where is he going? Do you know? Oh, he's they going to – um, oh, my God, dude. I No, uh, it's Maryland. I it just yes, Maryland. It, yeah. I just came to me, Maryland, yeah. So, Brennan Armstrong probably get to start. Brennan Armstrong, he he struggled, lost his start and job at the beginning of the season. But at the end of the season, he came back on and it was Brennan Armstrong that I knew for four years at UVA. So, um, I like Brennan Armstrong. I think he I think he wants to go out with the win here. No Will Howard, plus a lot of other things. Trayshawn Ward's in the transfer portal. Um, basically, Kansas State's whole entire start and secondary is in the transfer portal. That gives Brennan Armstrong a chance to light him up. Um it, it it would be hard pressed for me not to take NC State plus three if I had to make a play here, Jordan. What about you? Uh, that's it's tough because again, like I go back to this thing and it's like this is like a fifty fifty game in my opinion. And who's the better coach, Chris Kleiman? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I I, I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for Kansas State, but. Uh, he's probably oh, yeah, the kid who he played some uh, Avery Johnson. Yeah, Avery Johnson. Who who? Where did he play last year? He played somewhere else, right? Did he play at Nebraska. I don't remember him at Nebraska. Huh. The name sounds very familiar, but uh, yeah, man. I I just I know Kansas State has a lot of opt outs. Obviously, their their best uh, NFL prospect Connor Beebe. He might not play in this game. He's an offensive guard. Um, but I I think. Kansas State's going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be effective on offense. I think having this amount of time for preparation for climbing is is huge. Um, so I lean Kansas State here, but uh, no play for me in this game. If it was anything more than minus three, I would I would definitely play NC State though. Under a field goal, I would I would lean towards uh, Kansas State. All right, let's move on to the next this next game because I know you like this game as well. Uh, the Alamo Bowl. This is on Thursday, December twenty eighth. We have Arizona against Oklahoma. Uh, currently, Arizona minus two and a half, minus three, depending on where you get it at. Over sixty two and a half is the total. What do you think about this one, AK? Let us know why. You yeah, Jordan, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, talk about this game with you, man. Um, man, and I'll just go ahead and give it out uh, right now. It's my best bet. Get ready to tweet it out after the show. 
I've been saving uh, to do that today. I played Arizona minus three, um, and a lot of people – you know how you kind of made the comment earlier about UCF and people would just bet teams off of, you know, the team name, right? Yep. And, gosh, God, I wish it was that easy. I'd have a lot more money. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like Oklahoma will just get blind bet just because of who they are. But I know Oklahoma finished 10 and 2, 12. See, they wanted to win the they wanted to win the conference this year. They wanted to go out on top. Unfortunately, they fell short. Dylan Gabriel, the trigger man, he's on his way to Oregon, right? Yep. Um is he he's going to Oregon, right? Who? Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel. Uh hasn't been official, but yes, it's looking okay. like yeah. Dylan Gabriel's going to Oregon. Yep. Um both their starting running backs are both in the uh, both in the portal. They've got both their offensive guards in the transfer portal. Um, even two backup guards are is in the transfer portal. So their first and second string offensive guards all in the transfer portal. They're starting left tackle. They're starting centers already um, opted out going to the draft. Yep. Um, their best two defensive players have said that they will. They're coming back next year, which is good for the team next year, but will not play in the bowl. Um, and man, do they got, do those guys, you know, want to go down there and play that game? I think Oklahoma has no motivation to play this game. I feel like if Oklahoma could just sit this game out, they would. Um, on the <laughs> flip side, Arizona basically has no transfer, uh, guys leaving. You're talking about a team. What did they have? Was it three and a half? Their projected season win total? No, yeah, it was like three and a half, four and a half. Yeah, it was low. Three and a half, four, something like that. You're talking about a team that exceeded expectations all year. You're talking about a team that Aaron Kidd could not figure out to save his mother's life, much less my own fucking life. But they want to go out with the win. They want to go beat Oklahoma um, and prove what, that what they did all season wasn't a fluke. So give me Arizona minus three. Shout out to AC Money. AC Money and me have been talking about talk, AC Money's been talking about this game for weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. I uh, I would definitely take Arizona here minus the three. I definitely think they're the more more motivated team. Um, obviously Noah Fafita too. He's only a freshman, so he's building on what could be potentially a great year next year, maybe even a Heisman year next year. I think Jed Fish is one of the best coaches in the country. I think this team isn't losing anything. The only player they're losing is Isaiah Taylor, uh, Jason Taylor's son, who's entered the transfer portal will probably end up at LSU with his brother. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I definitely think Arizona's absolutely the right side. I think every reason you laid out is why I would uh, also recommend Arizona here. <clears throat> Go Wildcats. I, I really just don't think Oklahoma even cares to play this game, and that's the God's honest truth. Yeah, I mean, that's a team that, you know, their goal was college football playoff. Their goal was to win the Big 12, and they're not there. This is like – Definitely a non-motivational spot here, for sure. Hey, hey, going back to a game we talked about earlier, uh, Metallic just officially moved New Mexico State to minus four, like as we're sitting here talking about it. So there you go. Everyone's listening to us, and they went and hammered oh, New Mexico yeah. State. Right. You know? Um, all right, let's uh, move on to our next game. We have uh, – what bowl game is this? The Gator Bowl, uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between Clemson and University of Kentucky. What do you think about this one? No Ray Davis. Um, yeah, really no opinion here for me, man. I, I'll be honest, Jordan. <clears throat> I, I struggled to figure out this Tennessee team. I mean, excuse me, this Clemson team all all season, man. You know, it was it was not like that that Duke game kind of just set the tone for how their season would go, right? Yep. When they just kind of laid an egg, start the season. 
Um, and they almost beat. They should have beaten Florida State. They lost that game. And I, that kind of just derailed their whole season. Yeah, um, you know, Will Shipley was kind of banged up some. Um, I just I struggled to figure out this team. And on the flip side of this game, the Kentucky team, I kind of struggled to figure out too. So really not a lot of opinion for me on this game. Um, I'd probably be looking to back Clemson just off the fact of it's Dabo Sweeney. He wants to win a ball game. Yep. Doesn't matter what the name on the bowl game is. Except last year they got uh, But based smoked. off of that, man, I, I don't really have an opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't really like this game. I'm not really looking to lay five and a half, but I also don't want to take five and a half with Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, Ray Davis, their best player, not going to play. He's going to enter the NFL draft. I think that's a huge blow. But on the flip yeah. side, Clemson is also losing Bo Collins, who's their best wide receiver. They're also losing um, Jeremiah Trotter, who's entering the NFL draft. So, don't really love this game at all. I would lean Clemson here. Um, maybe lean the under because it could be a very low-scoring game. Um, but those that's probably the only angles that I'm looking at taking here. But uh, not don't like that game. Also don't like yeah, this. Yeah, me neither. Also don't like this next bull either. The Sun Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl between the Oregon State Beavers and Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I mean – you know, Oregon State, obviously, Jonathan Smith, he leaves for Michigan State. Then they lose DJ Ugalele to the portal. They also lose their backup quarterback, Aiden Chillis, who might be better than DJ. Uh, he's going to Michigan State following Jonathan Smith. Just a ton of opt-outs for Oregon State. I just don't know how they get up for this game at all, dude. <laughs> like, remember last year they played Florida, and Florida had all the opt-outs, and it was like Oregon State was easy money, dude. Now it's like opposite this year. Now it's like... If you're going to play this game, you got to play Notre Dame. But on the flip side, Notre Dame, they're not going to have Sam Hartman. They're not going to have Audrey yeah. Estime. Like, they're they're losing a lot of guys, too. Like, how do you even handicap yeah, the game? Yeah, not just not having their quarterback, but also their two best receivers as well. Like, I, I really don't feel like there's an edge either way here. <laughs> yeah. The line screams, t- you know, it feels like the bookmakers, if they push this number through seven, it feels like they're just begging you to take Oregon State, yep. um, which is a side you never really want to be on. <laughs> um, but I, I I don't think there's an edge here either way, man. And, um, you know, obviously I think Oregon State's defense played well at most times this year. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I agree, man. I don't really have an edge here. Yeah, I uh... – don't like this one at all. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to the Liberty Bowl. Memphis against Iowa State. Shockingly, Iowa State made a bowl game. Uh, I don't think many people expected that after uh, all the things that went down earlier in the season. Um, what do you think about uh, – this is your Memphis Tigers too, AK. They're catching right. eight and a half here. Yeah, once again, man, a team that uh, we bet early on. Couldn't get you to hop on the train with me. I was really high on this Memphis team. Well, because the One line biggest... moved, I, did, I didn't want to go over seven and a half. Right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um, and so I was high on this Memphis team. I just thought they would finally figure it out. And they did for the most part this year. Their defense stumbled along the way. But um, it was one of those things. I bet it at seven and a half. It ran off eight and a half. But didn't once again, closing value, CLV did not matter. Whatever number you got, it cashed. Yep. Um, but it wasn't for the lack of their defense. So um, their defense sucked this year. Um, <laughs> couldn't stop anybody. Um, if you go look at some of these scores, you would think you would get it confused with the Memphis basketball team scores. Um, luckily, their offense um, was able to uh, you know bail them out some. Um, 
and put together a couple of epic drives really to cash that season win total, Jordan. Like there was a there was a little bit of time there where I was like, I might not actually get there on this thing. Yeah. Um so when you line them up against Iowa State, I think the line says it all, man. There's a reason why Iowa State's laying eight and a half. So unfortunately, uh I would have to go against my heart here and, and, and it would be Iowa State or nothing for me. Agreed. I think that's the only way to play this. Uh just don't think Memphis is good enough defensively. Like you yeah, said. and I know it's in Memphis, which you know that's why the number's eight and a half and not ten, ten and a half probably. Um, but I just think when you line it up, man, Iowa State just clearly has the edge. Agreed. Um, all right, we got the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. This is a uh, AC's Mizzou Tigers against Ohio State. Ohio State catching two and a half right now due to uh, all their opt outs and um, portal transfers. Uh, they're obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to be playing. JT Tua Malo is not going to be playing. Uh, both going to the NFL. Um, they're also losing uh, Tommy Eichenberg, Michael Hall Jr., Josh Proctor, Cade Stover. They're all opting out for the NFL. And then in the transfer portal, starting quarterback Kyle McCord, Julian Fleming, Jair Brown, Kai Stokes, Cam Martinez, a uh, few guys, <laughs> not a ton, but uh, Julian Fleming and Kyle McCord are the, the two biggest transfer uh, opt-outs. Um and then obviously Missouri there, nobody really. And man, Missouri played well all season. You talk about another team that exceeded expectations. Um, if you would have told me Missouri would be playing Ohio State in a bowl game this year, I'd probably tell you were crazy. Um, and Missouri's coach wants to win this game. They don't. They have like they're they're missing no starters on the offensive defensive side of the ball, except for maybe one of their starting corners. But from everything we've heard. Are good for an AC money Missouri insider. Um, you know we think we think everyone's all signals saying go, and we bet Missouri minus. Well, I actually have a Missouri plus three. I have a Missouri plus two and a half. I have Missouri minus one. I have Missouri money line. So I have it all the way from plus three to minus one. So um, shout out to our good for an AC money and CT bets. Um, they've been hammering it. I've been hammering it. And it's just, it's Missouri, man. Missouri wants to win this game. Ohio State, basically their whole starting offense is gone. Um, and let's face it, Ohio State has, has set this precedent to where it's the college football playoffs or nothing for us. So when you talk about motivation factor, you can throw that out the door because it's all Missouri. Missouri's head coach made a comment about beating them as soon as they got announced. So, um, yeah, Missouri, um, you know, I didn't – I haven't played it at the two and a half it is now, but I've played it all the way from minus one – from plus three to minus one. So, take that for what it's worth. AK, doesn't it worry you a slightly if you remember the Utah Rose Bowl against Ohio State where Ohio State, like, everybody opted out, Olave opted out, uh, Fields opted out, like, everybody opted out, and then Ohio State still won the game. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. Off the top of my head, isn't that when Cam Rising got hurt? Uh, not Cam Rising played that game. He might have got hurt. In yeah, the but di- I think yeah. he did get hurt. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the game you're referencing, and I'm spitting from pure uh, memory here. I'm pretty sure Cam Rising. If you remember, I'm pretty sure Utah was winning, or the game was tied when Cam Rising got hurt. They were up. Pretty like sure Utah was driving. Point. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it wasn't even that they were tied. Utah was up. Cam Rising gets hurt. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong with this. Anyone listening can, you know, comment or, or 
send me a Twitter message. I'm just spitting straight from memory here. My point of that is, I think pretty sure if Cam Rising doesn't go down that game, that's a completely different game. So yeah, you could. You're probably right. And Missouri, uh, offensively, really fucking good. Defensively, pretty good too. I mean this this Missouri team was great. Um, I mean if. If I was playing this, it, it would only be Missouri. You obviously got some the best of the numbers, um, you know. So hats off to you. Hopefully the CLV comes in and uh, you're able to cash that. But uh, yeah, I think I think this game is only only Mizzou, and that's it. There's no way I'm playing Ohio State. Hey Jordan, just so you know, I looked it up. I'm right. Cam Rising did get hurt. That's that's the game he got hurt. Okay, yeah. I I just remember Utah being up 14, and then uh, remember. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jibba, that was his coming out party. He had like 300 and something yards receiving in that game. That shit was incredible. Almost 400 yards in that game. That's right. <laughs> that shit was insane, dude. Uh, I was also Marvin Harrison Jr.'s coming out party for what it's worth, too. Both those guys went off that game. Um, all right. Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, Penn State. Penn State lane three and a half right now. Totals at 48 and a half. You got any, uh, what, what do you like in this game? Do you like him? You know, to be honest, honestly, I don't. I really don't. I mean, you know, I, it's James Franklin. You feel like if he's got a chance to win the game, he's always going to try to win the game. And I would even double down and say cover the game. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so definitely be Penn State a pass for me here. Uh, I don't have a lot of opinion. I couldn't really figure out that old Miss team the whole year, really. Um yeah, but Lane Kiffin to those boys—they played well. They played tough. Neither team has huge opt-outs. Um, well, Penn State really doesn't have any opt-outs um, except for um, Fashion. Fashino. Fat, however you say it, the, he's supposed to be like a, a first-round draft pick, uh, offensive tackle. But um, I mean, I make the game very, very, very close. But I, I would probably lean with James Franklin trying to cover the number here. This game's going to be hilarious because a. It's it's like a tale of two stories, dude, because Ole Miss, not good defensively, good offensively. Penn State, not good offensively, great defensively. So what which one's gonna give? Because if it becomes a shootout, Penn State is not gonna be able to score with with Ole Miss. But if if Penn State's defense holds true to how they've been playing all year, I think Penn State wins this game because I don't think that Ole Miss like I would take Penn State's defense over Ole, any part of Ole Miss's team, if that makes any yeah. sense. Um, so I think with that being said, like if I were going to play this, I'm with you. I would play Penn State, but again, like this isn't a game that I really am intrigued to bet. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, all right, the trans. What is that? The trans perfect music city bull. <laughs> I'm guessing this is in uh, Nashville, right? It is. Yep. Uh, what is trans perfect? I have no idea. All right, I guess it's perfect. Yeah, it just says trans. Like it, I've never seen that logo. I don't know what it is. Um, didn't this used to be the Gaylord City mu- Music City Bowl? That's what it, it was. The Gaylord City Music Bowl. Yep, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Auburn against uh, Maryland. What do you think about this one? Maryland. Remember they? Uh, well, they have Hugh Freeze. Yep, and um, Maryland's coach has already said that two of his little brothers probably going to play. Yeah. Um, so I think that's already baked into the number. Uh, but his starting tight end, who he loves, is already uh, – he's in the transfer portal. Um, both their starting corners, Maryland's starting corners are in the transfer portal. But can you really trust Auburn's offense? 
you know, that's the questions. Yep, that is the big question. And uh, their their best starting cornerback, Tarib, still he's entering the um, NFL draft. That's right. So he opted out. Um, yeah. What do you? I mean, you got to play Maryland here, right? Plus two and a half. Man, I, I I'll be honest. That Maryland team's kind of like in a dark hole for me. I haven't really. I never really played on them or played against them all year. It was just kind of a team I didn't follow at all this year, just to be honest. Um, Auburn, of course, you know, being a Southern guy here, I followed Auburn a good amount, and it's just can you trust their offense? Yeah. Which really isn't a Hugh Freeze tendency, right? You know, we're used to the Hugh Freeze's offenses putting it all together. Um, uh, But, you know, I think he's got to get his guys in there and and where they need to be. But um, I would maybe even look at the total, man. Maybe the under might be the play here. Yeah, 49 and a half. That's probably a good look, too. Yeah, it's just hard to, uh, you know, Mike Loxley, Maryland always starts out good, and then they, like, decline throughout the the year. It's, like, been a trend of his. So I'm not really looking forward to jumping on Maryland here. And then as far as, like, Auburn goes, it's like, you're right, dude. Like, they're, you know, Peyton Thorne, aside from running the ball, the guy has been fucking atrocious and, you know, they, they should have beaten Alabama. Now, do, are they deflated from that Alabama loss? I know it's, like, weeks on in, but... I would argue they should have beaten Georgia. Yeah. I mean, they, they were great against Georgia, too. You're right. So, I don't I don't know. Like, I guess I would lean Auburn here. I guess yeah. I would lean Auburn. All right, we're starting... Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of, you know, maybe look to play the under or something here. We're starting to get towards the, the big bowl games, AK. Uh, we got the Capital One Orange Bowl now. Now we're getting towards the uh, the Big Six Bulls, UGA versus FSU. This is the the bowl of the uh, losers that didn't make the playoff. The first teams out. FSU or Georgia's laying fourteen in this game. <laughs> what do you think about this one? And I think I think Florida State has a ton of opt outs. If I think both teams do actually. No, I was going to say. I mean, you can't just say. Oh well, Florida State's team's opting out, not playing the game. There's a lot of guys from Georgia not playing the game either. Yeah. Carson Beck, well, he hasn't still announced yet, but I think he's going to play. But no, no Brock Bowers. Um, both their starting guards have already said they're not playing. Um, starting center's not playing. Um, their best kick returner, punt returner, plus one of their better receivers is not. Uh, he's already in the transfer portal. Um, the only thing that worries I, me though, AK, is like. You know, Kirby, Kirby Smart, I mean, this is a guy that literally motivated his team last year by saying nobody believed in them when they were, like, the favorites to win the championship all year long. So I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be unmotivated in this game. He's going to find a way. Oh, no, 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 I agree. So that's so I think with the opt-outs, you could say, okay, that's let's wash that, right? Now let's talk about who really wants to be there or, more importantly, who doesn't want to be there. Florida State, I would say, is the one that – Georgia knew when they lost that game against Alabama, they were out of the playoffs. Yeah. They knew that, okay? Yeah. Florida State still thought up until Sunday at uh, 10.59 that they were going to be in the, the, the playoffs, right? Good point. 11 o'clock strikes, dawn of doom strikes, you know, and I think that dark cloud will follow them in there, and I think the bookmakers are begging you to take Florida State here. As you mentioned, similar in the championship game last year when we all just kept pounding Georgia, and it didn't matter what number the bookmakers gave you on TCU. They couldn't get anybody to take TCU, and I think that's what they're dealing with here now at Florida State. That's why um, 
you know, it's at 14. I, I, I think they're begging people to take Florida State because I think Kirby Smart's going to have his team ready to play. And here's the thing with Georgia. If they have an opt-out at offensive guard, the next man up mentality isn't just the mentality, it's factual. Yeah, it's right. Their next man group. up is still a it's still a four or five star recruit. Yeah. Right. That next man up, yeah, it's a mentality, but it's factual with them. They yeah. literally are ready to go. Um, so uh yeah, I, I haven't played this game, man, but I think it's Georgia. Yeah, it's it's definitely Georgia. And I, I believe Carson Beck is definitely playing because Dylan Rayola entered the transfer portal because he was told that he's not guaranteed to start next year, which tells you that Carson Beck is going to be back next year. So Carson Beck is definitely playing in this game. Yep. For sure. All right, let's move on to the Arizona Bowl, the Barstool Arizona Bowl. I think this is Barstool's last time sponsoring this. Uh, we got Toledo against Wyoming. Uh, currently, Wyoming minus three and a half. So th- this this game went from uh, Wyoming plus two to Wyoming minus three and a half, AK. And that happened when the Daquan Finn news got announced. Yeah. Uh, when Toledo's trigger man got yeah. announced. Now, is Daquan Finn worth five and a half points to Toledo? No. Probably. I mean, I, I think probably. So. Uh, I, I I think so. Um, but you seem to have a good beat on Wyoming. Um, I do think it's interesting that Craig Bowles on his way out. So the thought would be, oh, they probably want to play get up for him. You know, send him out on his way. Um, so I, I think the line movement makes sense, man. With date, when you put in the fact of he's announced he's retiring, they want to play up for him, and the Daquan Finn news. I mean, he's probably Toledo's best player and has been. Um, I think it makes sense, man. So, I, it, as much as I've loved Toledo this year and have done well back in Toledo in, in the right spots or in second half spots, it would be Wyoming for me here. Yeah, I like Wyoming in this game, however. I do think that Toledo, uh, I mean, you know, still taking Daquan Finn out, like Toledo's still a great team, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want anyone to to think that they're not. Um, uh, what's their running back's name, a.k.a. the big dude? Oh, um. Why is his name fucking? Yeah, it's going to kill me. Uh, shit, Penny Boone is his name. Penny Boone, yes, Penny Boone. Yep. That dude's a monster, bro. Yeah, he is. And I watched UNLV run the fucking ball down Wyoming's throat at Allegiant Stadium. The thing is with Wyoming is, like, they're a great team at home, phenomenal team at home. But when they're not at home, they are very susceptible. However, I do think that it being Craig Bull's last game, I think you get a maximum effort from Wyoming. The only thing I don't like about Wyoming, Andrew Peasley has a fucking noodle arm. And Toledo, the best part about their defense is their their secondary. They have a great secondary. So as long yeah. as those guys are in there, you know, Wyoming's gonna have to run the ball. Like that's gonna be their only way of moving it. Um but Kenyon Mitchell, their best cornerback, who's gonna be in the NFL next year, he'll be playing on Sundays, potentially opting out. We don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. Um but I do I do lean Wyoming in this spot for sure. I would like it under a field goal though. Yeah. I would like it under a field goal. Yeah, at some point, at some point, it probably is an overreaction. You know, if they're going to start letting you get through a field goal and, and start hitting it, you know, over four or something, it it might be some. It'll it will definitely be buy back on Toledo. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, let's move on to the ReliQuestable Wisconsin and LSU. Wisconsin losing Braylon Allen. Uh, they're also he's he's going to the NFL. Um, obviously, they were really banged up to end to end the year as well. Um, 
I lost my Wisconsin ticket to win the Big Ten. Unfortunately, they got really banged up at the end of the year. And then LSU, we don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to play. I suspect that he's not going to, considering that he's going to be entering the NFL draft. Um, but what do you think about this one? What's the line on this right now? LSU, they are uh, eight and a half. Two. I mean, you know, so the the other thing is we haven't heard it from Malik Neighbors or Brian Thomas. They're his best two receivers are playing either. Yeah. So curious to see that information. But based on the number, it feels like it feels like we're getting some combination of them, right? If not all of them playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, no Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin's couple top receivers not playing either. Um, gosh, man, it it feels like LSU wins in a, in a route here. Jaden Daniels and some sort of combination of his receivers play too. Because oh, it feels yeah. like if he does, he's going to want to put on a show, yep. right? And if there's a chance to just to run Wisconsin out of the out of the arena, there uh, it would happen. Yeah, if he plays, dude, I mean, this is gonna be a sh- this is gonna be long on. But I, I pray that that young man doesn't play because um, similar to Matt Carell, remember Matt Carell played that meaningless right. bowl game and then got hurt, dude. Probably ruined yep. his NFL career too because he he was gonna be like a first round draft pick and then that injury fucking knocked him out. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, like what is this? The Citrus Cheese It Citrus Bowl, Iowa Hawkeyes against the Tennessee Volunteers. Hey Jordan, not to interrupt you, but uh, your UNLV boys just beat Creighton as thirteen point underdogs outright. Oh, Shout out to our boy Trigger for being all over that play today. They won outright. They beat him by fifteen. No way. Are you serious? Yep. And Trig was right. He was all over Caleb Boone shutting down Kalkbrenner, and he did. Yeah. Wow. That is. That is very fascinating. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not big on that Creighton team, man. I don't like that team, but that's a big win for UNLV, man. They've been really struggling, dude. Shout out to our boy Adam Trigger, friend of the show, good friends of ours. Uh, Trigger's flying into uh, VA, Virginia, hang out with me this weekend, nice. and we will be going to watch undefeated JMU play Hampton. Um. Jameer Greer, nice player for Hampton, just scored 37 points the other night, freshman for Hampton. Um, I have a feeling me and Trigg will be on Hampton that day. We got uh, Trigg's got us uh, courtside tickets, so we will be sitting courtside watching Hampton take on JMU. Hell yeah, dude, that'll be fun. Um, All right, so the Cheez-It Bowl, or Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, Iowa plus 7.5, the total is 36.5. What do you think about this one? Gosh, man, here we go again. You know, thank God Iowa got there um, based on their <laughs> awesome defense. Terrific defense, top 10 defense in the country. Um, you know, even with K. McMahon going down. But, gosh, that offense is putrid, man. It is painful to watch. Um, you know, Tennessee's got some some of their def- defensive guys in the transfer portal. Most of their offense, though, um, I know their offensive line's a little banged up, but yep. most of them are going to play. Um, the line <laughs> – the, the total here is 36 and a half, um, which feels like Iowa just won't score a whole lot at all. Um, I think the play would be Tennessee if I was playing anything. Oh, uh, I can't lay a touchdown with Tennessee against but Iowa. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not, I, like I said, I'm not, that's just a lean for me. I'm not playing that game. I don't really want any parts to do with that game, to be honest. Yeah, this, uh, this game, this is another game that I will not watch. 
because I can I cannot stand watching Iowa games. They are the most boring fucking games on the planet. Yep. Um, but I do lean ten. I I lean Iowa with seven and a half. If it was under a touchdown, I would take Tennessee. But I just don't. I don't know how Iowa scores, dude. That's the problem. Is like they might right. hold Tennessee to ten points, but will they score three? That's the question. <laughs> that is <laughs> that's the question right. everyone wants to know. And apparently, there's a uh, there's rumors that Scott Frost is going to be the new offensive coordinator at Iowa. I, I've read that. Yep. So that'll be interesting. All right, let's move on to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, so now we're in the New Year's games. This is going to be a good one. Liberty against Oregon. Uh, currently, Oregon laying seventeen and a half. What do you think about this one? Is Bo Nix playing? Yeah, there's the, yeah Bo Nix is playing for everything. Everything he said and it's been said, he's playing. Um, and, and if you notice, the line jumped like two and a half points once he announced that So or, or said he would most likely play. Um, you know, Liberty's played with a chip on his shoulder. Shout out to them. They've had a hell of a year. My local team here in Lynchburg, group of five school, undefeated season. Um, unfortunately, I think the I think the parade ends against Oregon. You know, I know Oregon can say, oh, well, you know, we lost to Washington twice. Do we really want to be there? I think they do want to be there, and I think they want to win. I think that's why Bo Nix has come, uh, wants to play in this game. He wants to put on a show. And I think if Oregon's got a chance to run Liberty out, I think they would. So um, I, I think I think there's a couple of different ways to look at this game. Um, I think, you know, if you got a great number laying like 14 and a half, 15 and a half with Oregon, you're in good shape. I think you could also look at uh, even the over here because I think 65. Oregon can put up forty nine to fifty points by themselves. So, yep, I agree. I was going to say the over is probably the play here. My only question is like because you know Liberty likes to run the ball, um, and and you know Washington had a lot of success running the ball against Oregon, right? So maybe Liberty is able to move the ball, um, but I, I I agree with you. I I, I probably lean the over here. Um, yeah. That's all. That's the only thing I would play here. I I wouldn't play anything else. Lean Liberty plus a seventeen and a half. But like you said, if if Bo Nix is playing, you know you're going to get a full effort out of Oregon for sure. Yeah, that tells you a lot. All right, it's time to talk college football playoffs. We are there. We have made it. <clears throat> First semifinal game we have at the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all. We have Alabama against Michigan. Currently, Michigan. Lane, a point and a half. AK, what do you think about this one? You know, I haven't played this game yet, Jordan. I've gone really back and forth, but I know the masses are going to be in a rush to bet Alabama um, just simply because it's Alabama and Nick Saban. Um, been there, done that before. There's a lot of things you could argue, but it just feels like this is Michigan's year, um, at least to advance and get to the championship. Um, feels like there's this year. No major opt-outs on either side, really. Um, McClellan, they're one of their running backs, Alabama, he's out. But other than that, I think when you line these two teams up, I think Alabama has been fortunate based off of good coaching and things down the thing. But we're talking about a team that almost lost to Auburn. Auburn. Um, they should have lost face to it, Auburn. We, we should have lost to Auburn. But let's face it, me and you were on Tennessee in this game. We, we I'm not going to say we were on the right side. Um, no, I'm sorry. We were on Alabama in this game when they played Tennessee, and it took Tennessee falling apart in the second half for Alabama to come back and, and win and ultimately cover that game for us. Yep. Thank goodness for us. But I can make an argument that Alabama lost that game for two and a half or three quarters. Yep. Um, really wasn't to that fourth quarter when Tennessee just completely fell apart. 
Um, they probably should have lost to Arkansas. They kind of fell asleep at the wheel there. Texas a and I mean, if the ball bounces a few, a little bit other ways, this team could easily have three or four losses, Jordan. Um, so I, I think that they – yeah, they beat Georgia. They deserve to be there. Everybody knew that that – SEC championship game was let's call it a quarterfinal, right? Yep. That that was to get into the college football playoff. Alabama won it. They deserve to be there. I think Michigan gets it done, though. I agree. I like Michigan here. I think the market is completely overreacted. I think people forget that it took a fourth and twenty-seven hail mary for them to beat Auburn, um, to be in that position to beat Georgia and be in the game. So, with all that being said, I think Michigan. I just think their defense is is too good. Uh. I don't see Jalen Mil- Milrow in Alabama just being able to run it down their throat. However, I do think that Michigan is going to be able to move the ball running the football, and uh, I think J.J. McCarthy is going to make enough throws to, uh, you know, get Michigan to advance. I I think the line is, you know, I think it is pretty close to a pick em, Um but I like I like Michigan to win this game, man. I like it. I take Michigan up to a field goal. Same here. All right, uh, Sugar Bowl, Texas at Washington. Uh, currently, Texas lane four and a half. What do you think about this one? You know, Jordan, I, I hope you have more opinion than I do on this game. I have not played this game, and I don't think I will play this game. Um, you know, Washington, heck of a year. But same argument that I had with Alabama. I could make the argument that Washington's a four-loss team. Um, you know, it took some massive pick what a 93 yard pick six some some things out of the ordinary to to kind of make it happen but hey shout out to them they had a great year they beat Oregon who I thought was one of the best teams in the country not once but twice um so they deserve to be there it would probably be Texas or nothing for me here um but then again let's not forget who's coaching Texas and that's another guy that just seems to not be able to win the big game either so um that kind of holds me off of Texas as well so no, no real opinion here for me just remember, who beat Texas last year in the bowl game? I'm drawing a blank. Or actually, yeah, it was last year. Washington. That's right. Yeah, okay, right. Um, I agree with you in the sense so, that, like, Washington, like, dude, they, they could very well have four losses, dude. But it's like yep. every time I count them out, they have a performance like they had against – Oregon in the Pac-12 championship where, like, they dominated that game. They yep. absolutely dominated that game. I cannot count out Washington. I, if I had to play this game, AK, it's Washington or nothing to me because I just think Penix is the best quarterback in this game, right? He should have won him to win the Heisman, by the way. Side note. He should have. He absolutely should have won the Heisman. Um, and then – at the end of the day, like Kalen DeBoer, I trust in a big game way more than I do Steve Sarkeesian. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So with that being said, like I definitely lean Washington in this game. I might get there. Uh, I'm kind of just waiting because everybody's on Texas, so I'm just I'm just gonna wait. And then if it's still four and a half, I'll probably play it. But maybe we get a better number later. Um, but I, I like Washington, and then I like Michigan and Washington in the in the championship, which should be held at the fucking Rose Bowl. <laughs> That's a Rose Bowl type game. Big 10 versus Pac-12, last time. And I just think when you put Michigan as a total package, what they're able to do on the uh, on the ground, they have a great defense. 
You know, yep. they're going to line up. It kind of reminds me of almost old school football. You know, things we don't see a lot anymore. They want to line up, run the ball down your throat, play good defense, make the make make the key passes off of play action. You know, out yep. in the flat, get somebody open out there, get somebody in space. You know, they kind of play the. You know, we talk about this in baseball all the time. For me and you, you know, me and you cap baseball every day. We like the teams to play baseball the way baseball was meant to be played, right? Well, it's the same way with football, man, especially you can correlate this with college football. When you're talking about X's and O's, you're talking about a team that's going to line up, play great defense, run the ball down someone's throat, make the timely passes, off-play action, bootleg. Man, Michigan does all that. So, um, yeah, I think it's Michigan's year. 100% agree, man. I think I, – I like Michigan to win it all. I'm with you. I think they do. Yeah. And then I think uh, Harbaugh rides off into the, into the NFL after. I do, too. <clears throat> so – Enjoy it, and I mean, game. even even talking about last year, I mean, think about all the things that had that, which was a great game, by the way. What the things that had to happen in that TCU Michigan game last year? Oh yeah, that was that was crazy, dude. That was one of the best games I've ever watched, though. That game was so yeah, fun. and then my boy CJ Stroud. That was a great game against Georgia right after that. Yeah, that was a hell. That was the I I just pray we get two great college football playoff games like we got last year, and I think that's part of the reason why the committee held Florida State out because Florida yeah. we, Florida State wouldn't have given us a, a great game. Unfortunately, they deserve to be there. They absolutely deserve to be there. But deep down inside, we all know Michigan would have fucking smashed Florida State. Yeah, Michigan would have came out laying 14 exactly <laughs> what Georgia is, maybe more. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been like – it wouldn't have been interesting. But, um, yeah. All right, let's get some best bets. Okay? Here we go. Well, we already know your best bet. But you want to reiterate it for the people in case they missed it? Yeah, man. The short and sweet version is Arizona minus three. Oklahoma's got to uh, come out, and and I, I feel like there'd be no motivation for Oklahoma to play the, the game. They got a bunch of guys in the transfer portal, but Arizona's played with a chip on their shoulder all year. They're talking about a team that was expected to win three and a half, four and a half games um, by the books. They crushed that and exceeded expectations all year, and I don't think that stops in this ball game. I think they uh, handle business against Oklahoma. Nice. I like four bets that we talked about. So first one, I like Georgia Tech plus four and a half. I like Air Force plus two and a half. I like Arizona minus three with you. And then I also like Michigan minus one and a half. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll double down with you on Michigan as well. I love Michigan. Um, and I also really like SMU. I, I, I really think oh, this Boston right. College team, I think we were very fortunate to get our win total. Um, on a weird Friday night game against Syracuse. Thank goodness for that because um, they just fell apart down the, down the stretch. I, I don't think Castellanos is going to play. And even if he plays, I still like SMU. I, I think SMU has a point to prove. And what better way than beating a, a Power 5 school uh, when you got left out of the group of five spot against Oregon. So. And SMU, they look really good down the stretch too. So hats off to them. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um if you missed any of the show, you can find it on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix. So go out, listen to it. We really appreciate y'all. I'll be back Sunday night with Ben and Irv. We'll be uh, recapping the NFL week. Make sure to follow the podcast on X at Taproom underscore sports. Make sure to follow AK at AK Sports 90. You can follow myself at Jordan Rules TSP. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. I know we got the holidays coming up, so it's going to be a little tough, but we got to start talking college hoops, AK. It's time. 
I can't believe we hung out for two hours, man, and it's getting late there. We got to get you out of here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch y'all later. Have a blessed weekend. See y'all. Peace. Christmas time again